You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know what's funny is, and I didn't notice this as the game was going on, and but we're going to give some flowers to Vance Joseph and the defense as we go on here. But I, I'm going to make mention since we just talked about A.J. Brown and those three receptions in the first quarter. Did you see, uh, Britt, how many receptions he had for the game? I didn't see him in the second half. I'll tell you that. He had three receptions for 32 yards. He didn't catch another ball after those three that he burned Marco on. On the, on the, on the first on the, on the first first offensive possession that they had. So, I, I mean, props to the Cardinals defense. We'll give them more props as we go on because they really are what kept this team in this game. But, you know, again, you spot a team 14 points, just like you have almost in every game. You've, you've started out. By, by just giving points away and, and hoping you guys can come back with three quarters to go. And that's what they did. The second quarter, uh, Jalen Hurts, another one-yard run on the goal line. Cardinals trying to get that goal line stand and force uh, some kicks. Didn't happen. Ended up, uh, again, going up 14 nothing. But the Cardinals do answer back with five minutes and 24 seconds left. Uh, 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 it was a Hollywood Brown re- reception from Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Which he broke. Great, for, great, great run after catch. Oh my gosh. Doesn't yeah, get any better than that. Got 25 yards and got the score. And, and then it just felt like being in the stadium, that's when the switch was made. And all of a sudden, even down seven, I could feel a little bit of swagger in the air for Cardinal fans that were there at the stadium of like, okay this team isn't that good. Like they are, but they're not. We're, we're stopping them and we can hang. Like we belong here, which which that's the one thing Cardinal fans should understand. As much as this team's been really bad to start, they have all the pieces to hang with any team in the NFL. And they've been in night. I think there was one game where they just like were. Chiefs, was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But other than that, they've been in. It didn't look like it at the beginning, but they found ways. And that's that's where you go back to what we talked about earlier, and just the the fast start. Like in this league, you can't start slow. You can't spot people 14 points and expect to win the game. Like it's just not how it's going to happen. So how crazy is it that we're doing that over and over again? And we're still in these games at the end. It shows you how talented this offense could be. It could be uh, um, like, in like we, t- I mean, we talked about it off, off camera and before, like, it's just, they've got everything they need offensively. You have all the weapons. I mean, you got, a week, two weeks, and D Hop is back, and then your receiving core goes up even higher, right? So I, I just like, wanted I wanted to hit on that. Did you see the tweet and Instagram post from Hopkins earlier today? I didn't want to say it was. Uh, he posted like these posters of him posted around town or whatever, and uh, they are the "Don't call it a comeback comeback tour." And it has the game, the Saints game circled, and all the games that have already been played crossed out, and he's he's itching. He's itching right, to come and back. that's that's the good thing, though. And I think that's, you know, as, as bad as it was that he had to serve a six-game suspension, I think for the Cardinals, I think momentum-wise, you're going to get, like, heyday DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder again. I think he's mad that he had to serve this suspension. He's itching to get back on the field. I think it's just about to be another one of those, like, just get it in the vicinity and D-Hop is back. So, what what is that? Hoping is the spark. Asking for someone's fantasy team might be my own. Oh, uh, it might be multiple of my fantasy teams. <laughs> what does that do for Hollywood Brown? You think? 
Because as, as, as we look today, Hollywood Brown, let me pull his stat line here. Uh, ten. He was targeted 10 times, had eight receptions, 78 yards, and a touch on obviously that 25-yarder that we just talked about. Yeah. What does that do for him when Hop does come back in a couple weeks? God, it makes his job easier. Because he'll be playing the, the moment, second corner at that point, right? Well, think about it. Think about it. At the moment, right, Hollywood Brown is the quote-unquote number one for the Cardinals. So there's going to be a safety walked over. There's going to be a little bit of extra help added at the moment. When D-Hop comes back, you can't do that. And that's what I think is crazy. He's still making, like, miraculous plays yes. and, and looking like every bit as advertised. Well, when, Hollywood when you... is, is as advertised. He's an amazing receiver. He runs great routes. He's fast. He's got great hands. Right? He's, he's everything getting, you want in a receiver. He was getting great separation, too. Yeah. I mean, well, he's he... always had separate, even when he's in Baltimore. He mm-hmm. gets the separation. He's never had a problem getting separation and getting open. You know, I think I think D Hop coming back only makes Hollywood better because now Hollywood's in a lot of one on one situations. Because let's be honest, I don't care if D Hop is in his 18th year playing in the NFL. You're not single covering DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to do man coverage all game and say, hey, you I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey. I don't care if you reincarnate Champ Bailey and bring it back. (laughs) Like. You are not, as a defensive coordinator, you you would be a fool. You would be a fool to run uh, most of the game in man coverage with DeAndre Hopkins. And now you add Hollywood Brown into that mix, and you're running man coverage with those two playing outside. I mean, this is where Rondell Moore comes into effect, where learning how to get him the ball and the routes and the plays to get Rondell Moore involved is be gonna is gonna become big when you get D Hop back, because he is gonna be running around in there on a nickel corner. Your third your third corner on the depth chart is gonna be covering a Rondell Moore or even a Greg Dorch. Hell, I love that kid. I yeah. love watching Greg Dorch play. Did you love see him? Play? him Did play. you see him play today? Not a lot. Not a lot at Not all. Lot. Actually, I didn't like that. I, I, I like haven't seen – I don't think anyone's – I haven't been able to check or see yet, but I didn't see him in on any offensive drive. I only saw I him on punt returns and kick returns. And I don't like that. I, uh, uh, another thing which scares me – I don't want to say this and sound like you know I'm leaking anything, but that, I think that's upstairs. Mm. He's undrafted, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-mm. We got drafted guys out there that – I don't know. That's, uh, let me not get into that and <laughs> put any bad blood out there. I, you know, but honestly, think about it, man. I mean, he came out there early in the season when people were hurt and he had great success. And to see him not in the lineup, why? Why is he not in the lineup? Why is he not playing 30, even 30, 40% of the offensive snaps? Why? And he did last week. He got 30% when Rondell Moore came saying. back. And now this week, non-existent i mean didn't get on the field and uh, i'm, I'm actually get him out there even while rondell moore is healthy we're still giving rondell moore 70 to 80 percent of the plays i mean i get that especially when you have rondell moore like playing around in the backfield all the time like like if you're all like, you're gonna do is run screens and, and end arounds of rondell moore what's the point mm-hmm. the man is a burner and we've seen it when he's been healthy in years past yeah, I have no why, idea. Why are we keeping him in the backfield? It, it makes zero sense. That is your speed demon. Let well, him go run. 
and, and Cliff, actually, I saw someone tweet out, and I didn't get to see who it was or, or the full details, but it was a, it was during the offseason, Cliff was asked about how Rondell Moore would be used, and he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of, he's going to fill the void of Christian Kirk. Well, Christian Kirk wasn't running a ton of gadget plays in the backfield. He was running kind of that slot roll and running down the middle and and your burner taking the top off. Like, that's – Rondo Moore is fast. I mean, he's probably the fastest guy on the field, and, and you're not using him or his speed. You're trying to use him in the backfield and hope in that space that he can just outrun everybody. But I think yeah. – to me, now this is also my opinion. So when this gets aired on Twitter, I hope nobody comes after my throat. Um, I think Rondell Moore is more of a factor than Christian Kirk was on this in this offense. And that's not taking away anything Christian Kirk did. Christian Kirk was a great receiver for the Cardinals. He did everything right. He was always in the right spot. He made great plays. He saved a bunch of these Kyler Murray passes that we were very, you know, suspect on why he threw that i mean hell he got paid 70 million dollars so he did something right okay but i think when you look at a game plan you have the right offensive coordinator in that spot the right person calling plays i think rondo moore is can be more of a game changer than christian kirk was with the arizona cardinals just because of what he i mean everything he brings to the tape and the christian kirk was fast just the same he has great hands he tracks the ball Christian Kirk might be, I mean, while he was in Arizona, he was probably the second best ball tracker on Cardinals roster next to DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, and when Fitz was here, obviously, Fitz is probably one of the best ball trackers, like tracking over the shoulder a deep ball that's ever played the game. But I just, I don't know, I think Rondell Moore, if, if used correctly, could be, the Cardinals, like I said before, the Cardinals, Debo Samuel, I think he's got potential to do more than just be, you know, a, you know, a deep threat. So, and I, I, I know Cliff knows that. I know they know that. I just don't think, I, I just don't think he knows how to call plays. Yeah, well, I mean, once uh, the the token 15 play script was up, I mean, you saw a whole different Cardinal offense. And to wrap out the first half, they end with a 20 yard field goal from Amendola, who they just signed this week. Um, you were hoping to get a touchdown out of out of that. <laughs> yeah, he probably won't be on the rock. No, no, I, I I think Rodrigo Blankenship will get a phone call um, probably Monday or Tuesday. I, I don't know why you didn't call him first. Well, he did. He was here. For try, they all tried out Amendola, Rodrigo, and uh, two college guys, and they signed Amendola. Which Amendola apparently, and I'm saying this and have not fact checked it. Apparently, he missed a field goal. I think for the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, a game yeah. winner. Oh yeah, yeah. And so um, I haven't got to watch many of the other games around the league because I've been at every game uh, that the Cardinals have had. So. Um, yeah, so you have a guy that's had some miss issues and we'll get into his miss issues here in a minute, but, um, yeah, so you go, you go into half, you're down 14, 10, but you got to think of that locker room. What is that locker room like bread? I mean, it feels like at this point, momentum is all in the Cardinals favor. Cardinals what is that locker room like? going into halftime? I mean, don't get me wrong. You wanted a touchdown to end to end halftime. I didn't like the clock management going into halftime. Did not like that at all. I feel like you had a timeout. You know, I get it. You wanted to try to save it. But I feel like when you have 46 seconds left on the clock after a first down play and the clock is running, 
I get the I get the spike. I get it. But if you're going to spike that you need to get up there immediately and do this, I feel like they just let too many ticks come off to where at the end of the at the end of the half. I was like, we have to take end zone shots. We have to go to the end zone because we just don't we don't want you, you had 10 seconds left with a first and goal. I don't want to stir up the fan base here, but this is another among the many reasons you miss Larry Fitzgerald. But how good was Larry Fitzgerald his last few years of his career about when it's in these situations, he would run, grab the ball, run it to the middle and get everyone to move up. They don't have that guy. It's not Kyler. It's not any of the receiver. They don't have anyone like, hey, AJ Green, if you're going to drop every ball that you get an opportunity at. And he did redeem himself today. But yeah, he uh, well today. But as a veteran leader, like, how about you're the guy that gets everybody where they I mean, need to be? That's what somebody. they miss. That's what they're missing. They don't have – I don't think they have anybody on offense right now, which you'd like to see somebody like a Zach Ertz or a James yeah. Conner or somebody that's been in this league for a long time to come in there. But you, it, it happened every time. Fitz was just – Fitz was the ultimate pro when it came to situational football. Like when he knew it was under two minutes, we was in two-minute drill, the clock was running down. If I catch the ball for a first down, I hand that ball to, to the official. I get the ball to the official, we get lined up. He was the ultimate pro in that. You can't take anything away from that man. He did everything right and did it for 17 years the right way. So I think the Cardinals, they are definitely missing him in the sense of the leadership role on offense. Now, I know they've got guys like J.J. Watt on defense, and but you know defense can't help offense in this situation. This is this has got to come from a veteran on the Some, offense. Someone's got to be on the field, right, to, to help that yes. that all happen right. and keep everyone understanding what's going on in the moment. And we'll talk Guaranteed. about that on that last drive here in a minute. But um, uh, yeah, that's that's just tough. The one thing we didn't we glassed over before we get into halftime here is the defense. They came alive in the second half. Um, you know, other than that one touchdown. Zach Allen making big plays again. I feel like we just say his name week after week after week. He has earned he's, a contract. He's just disrupting stuff, and it's perfect. It's what if you I'm, need. You need. If that. I'm Steve Kime, I'm paying him right right now. Like, stop waiting. Like, the longer you wait, this guy is going to earn a monstrous contract. It's the wrong uh, organization to talk about paying early. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like everybody that they should pay, they let walk. And they've been I, doing I, it, and they've been doing it for years. Speaking of Hassan Reddick, he made some impact there, and I think it was in the third quarter. He had a big oh, sack man. on Kyler Murray, and that's a guy that you know when he got that sack, it felt real good uh, after amazing. getting let go and not getting that second contract. I went over and told my wife that I said, "Yeah, I said Hassan Reddick right now is ecstatic inside. You're not going to see him on the nine. field, but he can't. I mean." And I was, I'm happy for the man. I was, I played with him here in Arizona when he was a first round pick. And the dude was everything advertised. Like he did, he was in the backfield. He disrupts things. He gets pressure on the quarterback. He's a hell of an athlete. I mean, that was one of those, you know, them head scratchers when it's like, oh, we're not going to pay him. Like, Mm -hmm. like, especially when you're losing Chandler Jones. I mean, we knew Chandler Jones wanted out the year before. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the year you let him go. It was the year before. Yeah. So that's when you should have you should have so, made a commitment at that point. Well, and they as the Cardinals, you probably knew the year before that you were not going to keep Chandler Jones. Well, Chandler like, Jones wanted out while he was still there. Yeah. So I so mean, between that was apparent, it came out, you know, there was a trade, asked for a trade. Like it was mm-hmm. it was the thing, like you knew you weren't getting Chandler Jones back. 
And that was it. That well, and, and you shouldn't have paid him. Which, which that's what you're seeing in in Las Vegas right now. Chandler Jones isn't producing, and he's on the other side of thirty, and he's one of those guys where you just you don't like to do that. Hassan Reddick was the young version of what you yeah. would want, and and, and he's he gotten pressure. He got pressure. He was in the backfield every year he played for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Nope. Produced. He got big sacks. mistake. He had tackles for loss. It was just another one of those front office, just like pride situation where I don't want to pay him. He ain't doing it. And it's like, but he's been the most. Well, it was their the fault playing pressure. him in the wrong position for year after year. And then they <laughs> exactly. finally had him. What are you supposed to do? And and no one else has had him do anything different since. And all he's done is and put up sack numbers. He's put so. up numbers. And it was just yeah. one of those things where you're just like that. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. His 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 last year here. I remember going to Dallas. Uh, Cardinals got a big win in Dallas. This was two year, two years ago, three years ago, and um, actually, I think it was the COVID year. I think it was 2020. And Christian it, Kirk had a good game that game too. Yeah, and, and they were the they were the only stadium at that point that was really allowing fans. Right? It was Dallas, Jerry's World. Texas. Yeah, we're in Texas. They we were allowing fans. <laughs> it, it, well, it was a reduced. It was it was still reduced, but it was like thirty five thousand well, yeah. opposed to like seventy thousand. So yeah, that was the COVID one game. Wasn't real in Texas. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up going to uh, that game, uh, just a gr- small group of us, and I sat actually pretty close to all of his family, Hassan Reddick's family. And he got, that was a game. He got like five or six sacks. He had yeah, a huge game that game. Crazy. I think he got more than that. I think it's like six or seven. It was like a ridiculous it was, number. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, every time he got a sack, I, I don't know if it was his dad, his uncle. Uh, it was a little bit of an older of a gentleman. So I could tell it was something like that. Either dad, uncle, someone in the family. And every time he got a sack, he was, doing the doll the money sign and like yeah, we getting paid oh and oh they were all pumped they were pumped every second got and were like pay the yep. man pay the man and uh it just goes back you. to the 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 stigma with the Cardinals though like Kyle has been bashed for the last eight years or however long he's in here for for draft picks he doesn't mm-hmm. draft well well then you finally hit on a draft pick with a Hassan Reddick and he plays four years and it's like, okay, well, we're going to let him play his contract and he's going to leave. And it's like, when you actually hit, you let him go. But when you bring in the draft picks that you don't like, it's bad. Like Andy and Isabella, for instance, we drafted him, huh? We got to let go we, last week. We released him this week. Yep. Or this week, right? man. Feels yeah, like two weeks ago already. Yeah. It's like. I, I don't understand a lot of these, and that's nothing against Isabella because Isabella was all – I mean, he did what he was supposed to do when he was here. I just – I think they drafted Andy Isabella thinking he was going to be, a, you know, a D-hop type receiver, a number one. Somebody's going to come in and put up all pro numbers, and it's not knocking the kid, but it's just not the offense for him to do it.